0: And welcome to A Tale of Two Bookworms. I am Tony. I'm Kylia. And today we are going to be reviewing Small Gods by Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett is, uh, of course, the writer of the Discworld novels, and Small Gods is the 13th of his Discworld novels. It tells the origin of, of the god Om and his relations with his prophet, the reformer Brother. In the process, it satirizes uh, religious institutions, people, and practices, and the role of religion in political life. And I'm wondering, Kylea, if you could just read the the summary of the book on the back, because I think that kind of sums it up in a better way.
1: In the beginning was the word, and the word was, hey you! This is the Discworld, after all, and religion is a controversial business. Everyone has their own opinion, and indeed their own gods, of every shape and size, and all elbowing for space at the top. In such a competitive environment, shape and size can be pretty crucial to make one's presence felt, so it's certainly not helpful to be reduced to, the, to appearing in the form of a tortoise, a manifestation far below godlike status in anyone's book. In such instances, you need an acolyte, and fast. For the great god Om, brother, the novice, is the chosen one. Or at least the only one available. He wants peace and justice and brotherly love. He also wants the Inquisition to stop torturing him now. Please.
0: <laughs> I, I think that gives a better sense of the the whimsical weirdness that is uh, quite prevalent in this book.
1: Oh, it's so weird.
0: Yes. Okay, uh, so, Kylea, first thoughts on Small Gods, please. <laughs>
1: The first 100 pages, this is another book that I had to read for book club. Mm -hmm. I am one of three out of the entire book club that actually finished it. (laughs) (laughs) That might say something, but it's shame, shame for them that they didn't finish it because I hated it for the first 100 or so pages. And I remember complaining to Tony about it, how I was despising reading it. And I'm like, I hate reading this so much. But then after I got the feel for it and I, okay, I probably should have realized it was satire Mm -hmm. a bit earlier than that, but I didn't. And once I figured out that it was satire and got into Terry Pratchett's type of humor, then I actually quite enjoyed it. And it was one of the probably top books that I read last year.
0: Yeah. No, I quite enjoyed it too. And, uh, I, um... it it didn't take me quite so long but I know what you mean about those first hundred pages because at first I was very it took me a while to get into the book and it was was exactly about a hundred pages in where I was like okay yeah I'm in the world I have gotten used to just the the strange nonsense that comes up because there is a lot of it in the beginning and I think if this isn't your first novel reading the Discworld books then you're going to be more used to it quicker than we were. But because Mm -hmm. this was our first exposure to Discworld, it took a little bit of time to get used to it.
1: And there was also one thing that I really got hung up on. Um, It says that Om cursed the guy who was gardening Mm -hmm. to be a worm. And the guy kept gardening. Yeah. And it was phrased wrong grammatically, so I really got hung up on that, and I kept wondering. I'm like, can he do things? Can he not? Because it says he did, but then it was ineffective, and yes, that frustrated me.
0: Yes, yeah, and yes. then
1: I, when Tony read it, we just realized that it was a, an error in the book.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Do but... you have that written down by any chance? No, I I did of not find
0: not. that in my in my research. But if you want to quickly you remember it
1: right oh i do remember yeah. it yeah
0: uh alm is walking and he sees a farmer and he curses him to be a worm and then the farmer keeps farming which means that the god no longer has the ability to curse people effectively
1: which was the point which but... is the point
0: but it, w- it was worded in a way that if you didn't know then it would be confusing Now, um, a funny thing about Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels is that they're not suggested to be read in order. And if you go online to any forum, any list, everyone says do not start with *The Color of Magic*. We know someone who who bought all the Discworld books and is uh, insistent on reading them in order. And she's on that first one, *The Color of Magic*, and she can't do it. She just did not. She's not (laughs) enjoying it. And she's she doesn't get it, uh, so there is something to that. I think that's so weird, um, a, a series that's not suggested to be read in order. Um, mm-hmm. But everyone insists that you shouldn't. Uh, Small Gods is recommended as a, a good one to start with. Also Guards Guards and Mort, if anyone out there listening is completely un, unaware of the Discworld books and is thinking that they should start those are the ones that are most suggested it's now,
1: weird i wonder what was going through terry pratchett's head like did he plan beyond the first one because i mean when the first one was by itself and published by itself have being not the one to start with like what is one supposed to do
0: mm-hmm. it's like it's what odd. a
1: strange concept
0: something i came across was people suggesting that terry pratchett kind of found his form during these and after after the first 10 or so which is a lot he really started finding his way
1: but then are the first 10 worth reading
0: this is the thing Uh, a lot of people compare small gods to another book he wrote earlier in the series called pyramids Um, and some people most people say this is a better version of pyramids a more uh, direct and just well-thought-out version of pyramids, and then some people are like, this is the worst version of pyramids. <laughs> it's funny how many opinions there are uh, on this.
1: Everything's subjective.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, a funny thing about this book is it was uh, the f- the first Discworld book to take place in an area of Discworld that hadn't really been um, written about or written in up to this point, which is Omnia. Um, where most of the action starts is is Omnia and this was the first time in the Discworld books that Terry Pratchett had gotten there this book also seems to exist uh, mostly out of the timeline of the other Discworld books but again if you look online you'll just see recommendations saying don't get hung up on the timeline it'll make your head hurt (laughs) now let's talk a little bit about Brother the main character of the book
1: impeccable memory
0: impeccable memory um he
1: literally cannot forget something no and doesn't he doesn't understand how other people can
0: yes no because he's not considered unintelligent but thinking I thought is, he
1: was at the beginning considered quite unintelligent and incapable of most things but he had such a good heart that they couldn't be upset with him for too long yes and then at the end when after he's been exposed to other things he starts being able to think and put things together and his intelligence grows greatly
0: yes i'm I'm just rereading what i wrote and it's not not considered unintelligent it's considered unintelligent yeah. <laughs> um, he does have the eidetic memory as we talked about mm-hmm. he rarely thinks for himself which begins to change in the book after realizing that people entertain ideas that they're not certain they believe or understand and fight for them and this is something that brother begins to question and he ends up questioning a lot of things that just aren't right to him. Which do make him quite a, a lovable and f- good character, I mm-hmm. thought. I really enjoyed his character. Um, incredibly honest and good. Yeah. Uh and also fairly pure and childlike, I found. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and um, this is uh an ending that I actually did like. Oh. <laughs> I think I told you that. But it uh it summarizes his his uh, character, not just his character, but like his actual character. Mm-hmm. Um, when Death talks about Vorbis, when when Brother dies finally, and Vorbis is the worst person in the in the book. He's the.
0: He's the villain.
1: He's yes, quite the villain. Mm-hmm. Unrepenting, unremorseful. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyways, so Vorbis has been stuck in the desert of death, kind of thing
0: yeah kind of a purgatory
1: yeah and brother shows up and brother helps vorbis along and death says he was a murderer and a creator of murderers a torturer without passion cruel callous compassionless and brother says yes i know he's vorbis vorbis changed people sometimes he changed them into dead people but he always changed them that was his triumph he sighed and brother says but i'm me and that's part of Brother's character—that even though mm-hmm. uh, he—he's coming across somebody who specifically tortured Brother and mm-hmm. tried to kill him and caused the Inquisition and the death and awful lives of so many—that he still feels compelled to help him across Purgatory so that he can end up in his afterlife and not be afraid. Mm-hmm. So I think he's been, Forbes has been stuck there for a hundred yeah, years, sitting there, not just doing terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, brother is a good person, and it's nice to read about that. There's not a lot of genuinely just good people in books, but brother is one of them for sure. Absolutely. Um, The name brother is a bit of a pun because he's part of a religious order, so he's brother brother. Yeah. Which uh, one? One person I was reading about, he didn't quite get because when he read it, he always read it as brutha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until the third
0: time he read it <laughs> that he got the joke, brother, brother.
1: You read it three times.
0: A lot of people love Terry Pratchett and love Discworld novels. When I was doing my research for this, like so many people, were like you're not a real Discworld fan until you've read them all three times. It's like, are you serious? But well, yes, that is how people feel.
1: Well, you know, Tony, I wouldn't put it past you. How many times you reread books? If, if I you like got a book,
0: uh, yeah, for sure. Especially when I was younger. Uh, There were a few fantasy books that I've read well over three times, honestly. Mm.
1: I am the opposite. I read one once. Yeah. And then I'm done. Yeah. And if I forget enough about it 15, 20 years later, I may reread it.
0: Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Has there been any... Chances
1: are, probably not. I'll start reading it and remember it and toss it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Has there been any instances of a book you've read more than once?
1: Come Home or Brumby Come Home. Which, which? Brumby Come Home.
0: Brumby that's the name
1: <laughs> uh brumby is the term for wild horse in australia okay yeah so i read it once when i was too young to get all of it and sure. then when i saw it in the library again like six years later i reread it and i liked it good but i think that's the only and the black unicorn okay also a, when i one i read when i was too young and then reread later on
0: interesting I have never heard of either of these books. Yeah,
1: of course you wouldn't. <laughs> Horses and Unicorns. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so you mentioned Vorbis. Vorbis is uh, the villain. I think he's a, a darn good villain, really. Uh, yeah. Very loathsome. Mm hmm. Uh, and but some...
1: still believes he's doing the right thing.
0: Yes, which, you know, I think is important for characters to be believable, is that mm. they believe that they're in the right. Yeah. Um. There was a description of Vorbis given early in the book, which I I laughed at now, given the times we live in. Vorbis gave everyone the feeling that his personal space radiated several meters from his body.
1: He'd be good during COVID.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) One second to interrupt. I found the quote.
0: Oh, you did. Good. I did. And this is
1: why I was confused. This is on Luce, the guy who's gardening. Om lost his temper and turned Lutze into a lowly worm in the deepest cesspit of, of hell and then got even more angry when the old man went on peacefully shoveling. So this is what I... It says he turned him into a lowly worm. It doesn't say he cursed him. He says he turned him. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got confused. I'm like, did he or did he not? Because mm-hmm. it's turning something. That's, a, that's an active verb and it's not something that can once said... Do you know what I mean? I, I do. Like, no, you don't say that this happened and then it didn't actually happen. It's not that kind of verb.
0: No, I get that.
1: You could say he cursed him into a lowly worm and then didn't get cursed because his curses weren't effective. Yeah. But you can't turn something into something and then not have that actually happen. It doesn't yeah. make sense.
0: And 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 please be aware of this, writers, because I know Kylie I got hung up on this for a long time.
1: Yes, yeah, a very long time. <laughs>
0: Uh Lutse is actually a recurring character in the Discworld novels.
1: Yeah, he has a surprise. He has a little twist.
0: Oh. In this book. I forget.
1: He was he uh he pretended he was deaf and mute.
0: That's right. And
1: he wasn't. He was no. basically a spy.
0: Yeah, he's uh oh gosh. <laughs> uh he's a time monk, I believe the the phrase is. I I'm probably wrong. But he he's supposed to chronicle history and uh he actually interferes in, in, in the history happening a lot because I think he moves the rubbish pile that Ulm lands on when he's dropped from the eagle. Right. So he actually saves Ulm and sets the events of the book on the path that they go on.
1: I don't know if we've covered this. Om has been turned into a tortoise. We have
0: not covered Om.
1: <laughs> he was, he's a god. He mm-hmm. became a very powerful god and he was represented as a bull, a very mm-hmm. strong bull, and somehow he ends up as a tortoise. So yes. he's trying to go through life as a tortoise, which is one of the reasons why his curses are ineffectual because he doesn't, well, we find out he only has one believer.
0: Yeah. Even though, one all true of, believer. Yeah.
1: Even though all of Omnia. Omnia, whatever you want to call it, is supposedly worshipping him. He's stuck as a tortoise because the only true believer is brother.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, there's a notion that this book brings up. And it was something that Terry Pratchett was playing with in earlier books, which is that in this world, Discworld, world, gods need to be believed to be real. Like and it's really explored in this book because basically as belief starts to fade, the gods that have this belief—they they fade into nothing, uh, just little wisps and clouds, searching for a believer. And this is this is the threat that Om faces because he is one true believer. He's he's nothing but a tortoise who can only speak to his one believer brother, and if he loses that. Then he fades into nothingness, mm-hmm.
1: and he thinks that in order to get believers, he has to terrorize people. And you can't really terrorize people as a tortoise. Most people, when they see him, want to eat him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, ooh,
0: there's good eating on those. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Which we hear many times. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, we do. Um, now, this notion that gods can't exist without belief has has been explored in other uh, forms of literature and media. Uh, for me, of course, I think about American Gods by mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman yeah, I'm halfway it's, it's through that it's a that-ish. very very huge aspect of that book and Neil Gaiman you know he was extremely influenced by Terry Pratchett so it makes sense mm-hmm. that he would also explore this notion uh also if anyone remembers there was a mini series in the late 90s uh, called Merlin
1: oh I saw a couple of yeah episodes.
0: oh there was only two episodes oh you might be thinking of the series
1: I was thinking of the series. Yes,
0: okay. This, the The mini series was, I think, nineteen ninety nine, and it had Sam Neill as Merlin, and uh, I think it was Helena Bonham Carter as Morgan Le Fay, and she's terrorizing the this village, and Merlin, you know, he's like, "We just need to not believe in her," and she's screaming at them because she knows her power is fading. It's the same. It's the same thing, you know. If you don't lend belief, then they don't hold power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's um it's an interesting concept and uh i i, I always enjoy it yeah mm-hmm.
1: i mean i started with small gods and then started reading american gods after that and it was interesting or did it was it the other no one? you
0: started reading american gods long long time ago <laughs>
1: i have not finished it
0: no we'll, we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> one
1: day yeah <laughs> we'll be reviewing that next year <laughs>
0: 2022 <laughs> or later
1: <laughs> yeah anyway it was it was interesting to see that concept come up twice
0: mm-hmm I thought so
1: yeah especially for me because they were close together when I started one or the other <laughs> <laughs> whenever each of those were
0: so um, there was a review that somebody gave of this book name of uh, Jack Heath who's an Australian author he, he summed up the appeal of this book well he said one of the 20th century's finest satires the gods are pompous the worshippers cowed and the priests violently close-minded yet the tale is never heavy-handed thanks to brother's sincerity and some deaf comic twists as well as all the levity that comes from an angry god trapped in the body of a tortoise
1: <laughs> i found him really annoying for a very long time the
0: tortoise uh, ohm
1: yes <laughs> i was How like so? just knock it off <laughs> Because he's so mad all the time.
0: Hmm. Yes, he is. He's a very he's a very angry tortoise.
1: Yeah, but he that's what he thought you needed to be to be a good god mm-hmm. to get believers. Yes. So it's hard to get out of that. Yeah. Of but well, brother changes him a little
0: bit. Yes, he does. Well, he he really does. He um he convinces him like there is another way, and this is how things will be. Because brother is is the prophet, the eighth prophet of OM. Mm-hmm. And brother has certain say says over how things are going to be done. Uh, it shows at the very end when there's a, a big battle, and Om uh, just wants to crush everybody. Mm-hmm. And brother's like, "No, you will not be interfering anymore."
1: Yeah, because he got the the upper gods, right? To... Yeah, so,
0: well, and that was because brother said to Om that he could not interfere with the humans. So Om went and he messed around with the gods a bunch, and and that. <laughs> stopped the, the fight among the humans and mm-hmm. ushered in uh, an age of peace for those people that they just didn't have before and that was because of brother mm-hmm. um going to just before that near the end uh upon their return to omnia despite brother saving vorbis's life when they're in the desert with the, mm-hmm. the wisps of gods yeah vorbis claims that he is the eighth prophet of om because brother is unconscious and that brother is to be publicly burned on the back of a heatable bronze turtle. Ulm saves him by dropping from an eagle's claws, the second time he does this in this book, onto mm-hmm. Vorbis' head. Killing him. um manifests himself and grants brother the honor of establishing the church's doctrines, but brother doesn't agree and explains that the church should care for people while being tolerant of other religious practices. Hmm. You know, is this brother being a good person?
1: Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, Vorbis. Such a villain.
0: Yes, he really is.
1: Rescue me! I'm going to torture you.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he's a jerk. Yes. Um. Which there is, are
1: which makes it even more important that at the end when brother mm-hmm. goes to yeah brother who should life. have every
0: reason not to not to help Vorbis yeah. not to not to do anything nice for him but he can't help it that is who brother is yeah it's it's very sweet I found I agree um now there are particular parallels between omnia and roman catholicism mainly you called it the inquisition which it basically is but in this book they call it the exquisition Quis- no thequisition oh, you know and if that's not an obvious parallel i don't know what is The thequisition the inquisition <laughs> um the book is funny and clever uh a, a, a nice little example of that is just three words oh my god Now, we know this as an exclamation, you know, oh, my God, to be followed by uh, an exclamation point or a period. But the way it's written in this is, oh, comma, my God. And that's when brother loses his tortoise god, om. And he goes, oh, my God. And, you know, it's just this subtle punctuation difference, but it changes the meaning. And it's... uh, it's just it's just that is terry pratchett as uh we we came to learn from reading this Mm -hmm. book and and learning his style Uh, i shouldn't say it's not the first terry pratchett book i read i also read good omens which was co-written by him and neil gaiman and uh in my opinion i might i might be uh, ridiculed for this but i did much prefer the series good omens Mm
1: -hmm. i liked it the series the series was fun
0: yeah, the book. eh, But mm, I should be careful.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, it doesn't surprise me. My feeling towards Neil Gaiman right now.
0: You, you will get to Neil Gaiman. I love Neil Gaiman. I I will say that right now. Uh, not all of his work, but I'm I am a fan, and one day you might be too. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: I'll stick to Terry Pratchett right now. For now, okay.
0: <laughs> um, a funny thing about this book is it's uh. It's actually generally liked by atheists and uh, and people of faith alike, according to criticisms. The atheists because they think it's uh, it's a funny satire of religion and it's poking fun at, at organized religion, and uh, the the Christian faith particularly particularly is fond of it because uh, they see it as them showing the the book showing how monotheism is better than worshipping multiple deities. Uh, and Terry Pratchett mm-hmm. always found that funny. He's like, you know, I didn't really want to uh, anger anybody with this book and I didn't want to uh, appease anybody with this book, but I'm glad that everyone seems to like it for whichever reason. <laughs> um, and it is it is a, a fun and inoffensive book too, mm-hmm. which is good.
1: So it's a shame most of my book club didn't finish it
0: yeah now why do do you think that is is it because the style is too much to to wrap your your head around or something else so yeah
1: like i don't think the people who didn't finish it they didn't get beyond the first hundred pages Mm -hmm. and i think you really really needed to in order to enjoy the book to the full extent hmm I mean, like I said, I hated it. And I mean, hated it for the first 100 pages. It was very confusing. But I didn't know anything about it. And I don't read the back and I don't read reviews about it. I just Mm -hmm. dive right in. So I don't know what I'm, I don't know how to prepare myself mentally for what I'm about to read. And Mm -hmm. it took me too long. Yeah. To switch over.
0: Yeah, because there's so much. There's so many names. There's so many. like fantastical names Mm -hmm. and words and and it is it is overwhelming and it is like why am i reading this uh and
1: cheesy and Mm -hmm. the god is angry and everything's awful like everything is awful yeah like nobody has a good life people are dying all the time getting tortured all the time and it's just written off as like oh that's just how daily life is yes yeah which when you don't know it's satire yes you're like i don't understand what's happening here yeah yeah it's like oh okay no now i get it but it took it took too long for Mm -hmm. me which is sad
0: um now in in the the disc world there is basically i'll start this off with the turtle moves There is a belief system in it of uh, the world tortoise, which is basically, in in Discworld, they believe that the world is carried by four giant elephants on the back of a giant turtle floating through space. Mm -hmm. Um, What was interesting when I was researching this is the idea of the world existing on the back of a giant turtle is very prevalent in cultures around the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hinduism Chinese mythology, American indigenous mythologies, in some form or other, they have this idea of the world existing on a turtle all over the world mm-hmm. in, in ancient mythologies. And I thought that was uh, really interesting. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting how these places which are, are so loosely connected and back then when you know we don't have this mass communication that we have now mm-hmm. and still this idea of the world existing on the back of a turtle yeah. was there it's it's fun yeah mm-hmm.
1: well you got the curvature
0: yeah curvature (laughs) of a tortoise you know the world is flat or the world is on the back of a tortoise
1: (laughs) well it can't be completely flat but you know
0: well you you, there are some people who believe that the world can be completely flat let's not
1: talk about those people
0: right now um this book was adapted for the stage uh, in London, I believe.
1: Okay, that's hilarious. By
0: a man named Ben Saunders. I would love to see that show.
1: I'd like to see them try. <laughs>
0: I would love to put on that show <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> Who would you want to play? Ooh, um, you know, if I was older, Vorbis. Ah, uh, yeah. I would love to play Vorbis. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the philosopher Didactylus. Mm-hmm. he'd be cool. Or he gets to
1: run around naked.
0: Is that... He d- does he? Is that
1: not the one that runs around naked?
0: I thought there was another one who ran he's around
1: naked. He's the one that was like,
0: I "The Daxxus is the one with the sun. Who they go on the the boat with?
1: Yeah, he's the one that starts off when when they get to a feeb that he runs around naked and asks for a towel.
0: He's he's naked.
1: Isn't he the one that and then like, oh yeah, okay, philosophers that... get what they they can do these things because they <laughs> have so much knowledge they well, can. <laughs> Act like crazy people.
0: If that's the case, then yes, I would love to be the naked one.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him.
0: Um,
1: Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. However you decide. However, on Instagram, <laughs> A Tale of Two Bookworms.
0: Yes, do follow us on Instagram, A Tale of Two Bookworms. Uh, I we think lurker. this will be a, a shorter podcast for us today. Uh, what more do we have to say on Small Gods?
1: Oh, here, and I was looking up if he was the naked one.
0: Okay, while you're looking up, that i will read some quotes Good. from small gods wonderful uh they are funny they are it is a certain style of humor so bear mm-hmm. with me uh you can't trust any bugger further than you can throw him and there's nothing you can do about it so let's have a drink classic small gods <laughs> uh gods like to see an atheist around gives them something to aim at <laughs> Because of course in this book, you know, there there is no question about it. Gods are real. So to be an atheist in the world of Discworld is is just completely blinding yourself to to mm-hmm. the obvious. Yeah. And uh yeah, the the atheists do get thunderbolts thrown at them and whatnot.
1: Oh, that reminds me um Om's thunderbolts because he's a tortoise end mm-hmm. up just being like a little
0: Little tiny thunderbolts that singe the eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I thought that was cute.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also like how Om is trying to convince Brother that he is a deity. And he's like, have you ever had a tortoise talk to you before? Like, doesn't that make it obvious that I'm a god? And Brother's like, I don't know. Maybe all tortoises can talk. And none of them have ever just wanted to talk to me.
1: <laughs> Such a good point.
0: <laughs> brother has so many good points because he has that <laughs> that way of thinking, that pragmatism. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's very charming. Uh, here's another one. A philosopher. Someone who's bright enough to find a job with no heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this, one, this one's classic small gods. Just because you can't explain it doesn't mean it's not still a miracle. <laughs> uh, fear is a strange soil. It grows obedience like corn, which grow in straight lines to make weeding easier. But sometimes it grows the potatoes of defiance, which flourish underground.
1: You're right. It wasn't Didactylus.
0: Ha Wow. You found that. That's very impressive. I did. It's like a 400 page book.
1: <laughs> was, yeah. Um, but it also wasn't his son. It's his nephew.
0: Oh. Didac-
1: Didactylus and nephew. Practical philosophers. No proposition too large. We can do your thinking for you. Special rates after 6 p.m. Fresh axioms every day.
0: <laughs> but not the naked one.
1: I'm sure he's naked at some point. Well, philosophers b- are known for it, and if I will play
0: the, the naked one, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gods don't like people not doing much work. People who aren't busy all the time might start to think. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh oh, here we go. The Ephebians believe that every man should have the vote, provided he wasn't poor, foreign, mad, frivolous, or a woman. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and that is something I I would like to talk about. Um, small gods. No female characters. At all? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's none.
1: Wasn't one of the upper gods a female character?
0: Oh, yes. The sea god. But do we actually see her? Or I think she's made angry because Vorbis yeah, orders... Yeah, because she the...
1: negotiates with Ohm.
0: Okay. But really like a, but there's basically a, a, no female a definite characters. absence of female characters yeah. in this book.
1: Yeah. I thought that Definitely was Definitely none of the main characters.
0: None of the main characters. Uh one of the um, there's the god and then there's brother's grandmother who's dead mm-hmm. at the time but you know was a strong influence on brother because yeah. he's always so afraid of everything she mm-hmm. taught him. But I did think that was interesting that mm-hmm. there was really no female characters. It's in funny. This book. I didn't notice neither did i yeah it was something that i found in my research and i was like oh boy i didn't even notice well
1: sometimes you don't need female characters i
0: suppose it just
1: sometimes you don't need male characters (laughs) sometimes you don't need human characters
0: true i would like to see (laughs) just a book of of colors existing
1: colors i was talking about animals but you know
0: well animals have have gender
1: yeah i said no human it'd be you don't need a book with any human before we were
0: talking about females and males yes but then oh. I
1: was continuing on with other things that books don't always need. <laughs> you can have a bunch of agendered animals. Yes. You never need to find it. out what they what they are. If yeah. you never reference it, it doesn't matter.
0: Well there we go. I, I'm you write your book about your agender animals, I'll write my book about colors.
1: <laughs> I wonder whose is going to be the quickest.
0: Uh, neither mm. of us will actually write them, so no, it's
1: true. It's true.
0: Okay, a couple more quotes here. Uh, they were engaged in religion. You could tell by the knives. Ah! <laughs> uh, the trouble... This one's good. The trouble was that he was talking in philosophy, but they were listening in gibberish. <laughs> that one's good. And I, th- I think there's a lot of that in the world nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, gravity is a habit that is hard to shake off.
1: Oh, Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let us never find out how hard it is to shake off <laughs> just um, try to fly
1: i guess or float final thoughts yeah read it if you if you like sad, satire
0: yeah if you like uh, something different i would agree um for myself i think that not right away i'm in no rush but i think i would be reading more Discworld novels i'd be interested to mm-hmm. read more
1: once i finish my stack of 250 to read books oh I will... that's
0: a that's an exaggeration unless
1: is it tony <laughs> it's not having i have basically two entire bookshelves plus but
0: that's not your stack your stack is much smaller
1: it's only because i cannot put them all in a stack <laughs> it's my metaphorical stack of books i have ah, I to see, read i see and someone <clears throat> keeps adding books to it
0: it's you I'm very careful about not adding books to it. Really? Who just
1: put "Exit the Actress" and "Hey, Nostradamus" in my book stack?
0: You asked for "Exit the Actress."
1: I didn't ask for "Hey, Nostradamus," did I?
0: No, but I thought you should read it, and I read all the books you have me read, which includes "The Glass Hotel." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I wanted you to suffer with me.
0: Yeah, and I sure did.
1: <laughs> and now you guys have suffered or possibly will suffer or maybe not suffer along with us.
0: Yeah, just to give it. a little bit of uh, clarity to this. So by our bed, I have a shelf behind my pillow and that's where I have my to be read. And Kylea has this this stack next to on her bedside table. It's
1: technically two stacks.
0: Yes, it is. And then
1: I have a stack of books behind my pillow-ish but to the left Mm -hmm. there's six books there and then i have two bookshelves
0: well i have bookshelves too well bookshelf let's be honest
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but specifically i have two bookshelves with books i've never read
0: this is true this is true okay and
1: then i have my bookshelf of books i have read and liked enough to keep
0: (laughs) we are getting off topic here um i would like to i would like to thank there is another podcast uh called the truth shall make you fret it is a podcast of people who just cover the Discworld novels. It's uh, two women. I listened to it in preparation for this. I found it very informative. If there are any Terry Pratchett fans listening, if there are any Discworld fans listening, do check out "The Truth Shall Make You Fret." Um, they are they go into a lot. That's very extensive. There was three episodes just on Small Gods, each about ninety minutes. So if you are interested, do check them out. Um,
1: That's our dog.
0: <laughs> you Silly dogs. I shouldn't dogs. have whistled. Um, thank you for listening to A Tale of Two Bookworms. My name is Tony. I'm Kylea. Please join us next week as we look at another book.